You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of tuning into the Paint the Town podcast. I'm James. I'm Teacher. And we're sitting here today with Professor Jim. How are you doing? <laughs> and we say, when we say professor, what we mean is professor of street art. Okay? <laughs> Not just street um, art, though. Art, actually. Art, right? too. Art, too. But mm-hmm. um, I, uh, when I met Jim, it was basically through and because of street art and graffiti. Me, too. And since that time, he's written a few books. Even TED Talks. <laughs> about... <laughs> Street art and graffiti. So I like to think of him as the professor of street art. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And graffiti. I, I 100% um, agree, man. And uh, so, you know, can we, like when we first met, man, I mean, this was around 2011, 12-ish time, right, Jim? That's right. Yeah. And what about you guys? It was about the same about time. the same time. Like I said, there was like a movement going on, like in L.A. because of the uh, fallout of the exit through the gift shop, I feel like. <laughs> How did you become, like, interested in street art and graffiti? Yeah. Well, wow, that was, like, some introduction, by the way. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> Very unusual. And, I, yeah, uh, and uh, appropriate, I suppose. Uh, my interest um, in street art comes through normal academic study is what I do, professor, and and writing a number of books on modern art and arts research, which I have a number of academic books outside this area, I focused a small little chapter on a few Banksy works. And this was in 2010. And reached out to Pest Control at that time, and their studio was awesome. They helped Pest Control? Pest Control. That's Banksy's studio. Ah, okay. Usually... So you uh, didn't have any rodent problems or anything? No, no, no rodent problems whatsoever. (laughs) Most people have no idea what Pest Control is. Well, okay. Well, (laughs) and and I apologize. And and, and nor should you. (laughs) As with a lot of this information I probably will share, no one really needs to know. But it it was encouraging. I, I learned a lot about him about some of the local scene in Los Angeles, and that kind of whet my appetite for it. So had a really good experience working with Banksy. And then I noticed that... 2011? Uh, 2010. Yeah, when I was doing the research, it was prior to that. Okay, okay. And then uh, noticed that there was an absence of literature, yeah. uh, like academic literature on street art, and there was and nothing... Podcasts. In podcasts. And there wasn't a book on L.A. street art. No. Yeah. So I thought, well, this seems like it would be an opportune area to explore. And that's yeah. what got me sort of interested in interviewing folks and trying to learn about what the culture was and and, and put an academic spin on it. 100%. And we did a little video um, back in the day of a, kind of like a book presser for um, uh, the street art book that uh, Jim wrote about uh, Shepard Ferry as well. Is that the same one you're talking about, or is that the previous one? The, or, it, I mean, the, one after. the first one was Stay Up Los Angeles Street yeah, Art, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we did Shepard Ferry Incorporated after that. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that was the period of time that we were uh, uh, did that little presser for the book, and actually, like I said, I just saw you know such passion when Jim was talking about street art, and um, I, I absolutely, you know, followed his uh, whole career, I guess, so far as a uh, street art professor, in, in a sense, you know, and there's there's other street art professors now, too, actually. But, there's, you know, there's a lot of them, actually. Really? Well, you know, the, there's some pretty good ones, I think, like uh, somebody we work with is Lizzie, too. She, you know, she's mm-hmm. Yes, I'll agree with you on that. You no, know, yeah. she's she has a lot of fine definitely. background. She has a, 
uh, podcast with Justin, Justin Bowie, Bowie too, yeah, you know, no. mm-hmm. and then, uh, um, but, but, you know, especially with Jim, we met at a, uh, um, well, I think, you know, one of the first times we met, we were at Bumblebee's gallery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, uh, has he put out anything recently in terms of, uh, any murals or anything like that? Cause he was really hot for I mean, I still love it. Seems like he does something every once in a while. Yeah, Bumblebee's still working. He does a a number of print releases a year. He's still doing murals. And so it's still very active. Uh, You know know who his identity is now, which is a a difference between then and now. How folks (laughs) used to hide in the corners and the the mystery around who a street artist was was a bigger deal then. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, um, just to bring something from my world, I guess... uh, I don't know how much you guys know about like DJing, electronic music. The uh, mysterious identity, for example, has w- always been kind of like a marketing tactic for some DJs too. Yeah. Like uh, Daft Punk, nobody really knows like what they look like, right? They're like mm-hmm. pretend robots, you, you know what I mean? So I, that's one of the things that really drew me to the uh, street art world actually, you know? Because uh, just like you said, when you, in 2010, 11, or 11, 12 at the time, there wasn't too much information. I mean, we've been talking about Melrose and Fairfax on this blog, I mean, on this podcast, actually, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. that was like one of the few blogs Pods. literally yeah. talking true. about it, you know, and that's where um, graffiti was talked about along with street art. So I think we come from a generation that that was the same kind of all together while it's a little bit divided now. You got to have some dialogue with the guy that ran, with Greg Lynn, the guy that ran the Marrows and Fairfax blog, right? Oh, yeah. I spent a, a good deal of time with him. <laughs> and where do you end it there, right? Uh, there's probably stories you probably shouldn't share, and then oh, there's some that uh, it was an unusual and wonderful sort of experience of that. For a while. For a while, yeah. It yeah. was. And really I love, was. You know, one thing I love that Greg said, and I thought about this the other day, he said, Melrose and Fairfax is a love affair with Los Angeles. And I thought that mm-hmm. was very, very eloquently put. You yeah. know what I mean? And because it wasn't just, hey, this is murals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was, there's stickers here, there's graffiti here, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? This might be a band, this might be a street artist, who knows? Like, you know Well, what you I know mean? what? I mean, I, I always will say this. I have him to thank for meeting everyone. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it may have happened eventually, but he was the one that facilitated um, all of us coming together when Brainwash had his show at the studios um, there on was it Libre and Ramayan. Yeah, it's like a water cooler for street artists, you know, and it functions (laughs) in the way a a blog should. You know, you kind of check it every day. Here's what's happening. This is what Greg saw on his walk today. Uh, well, but you know what also kind of made it interesting was that you could make anonymous comments. Oh, yeah. Well, they had you to know. be approved, though. Come to find out later on, you know, he, some of that was actually him. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. He loved that's something that I found out that he loved seeing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I did my best to, to get, I got to know him pretty well. Yeah. Um, I saw someone that that people were just trying to take advantage of because mm-hmm. He was doing all these posts, and I would see people give him stuff to do posts about them sure. and everything. And I saw him getting burnt out on it. Yeah. And I was like, dude, get someone else to help you out, you know? Yeah. Or try doing this project where you encourage people to do something that actually engages the community to do good things or something, mm-hmm. you know? And I just he just didn't want to hear it, you know? Just didn't want to, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, yeah. 
Well, he had to step in as LA Street Art Gallery to help him out a little when he said he didn't want to do it anymore, too. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? In the beginning, <laughs> well, he, was do doing, good, he was doing everything in the yeah. beginning. All the pictures he were was. his. Oh, yeah. He was doing it. I, was, yeah, I thought his idealism got the best of him towards the end because he had this romantic notion of what street art could be or was or should be. Right. And if it didn't meet that definition, it really started to eat out of him and bother him. So yeah. I noticed that even my conversation, because I took a long walk on Melrose with him to walk through his process and tell him about the research I had been doing. And he was upset that I had talked to some artists that were muralist or didn't fit the sort of... His the, idea of what... His idea of what uh, street art should be. And yeah. to me, I'm like, I'm an academic. I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I, I don't really care. You're not the judge. I'm not the judge. I'm trying to get an understanding of the subculture. And... Uh, after that, he just he we had a dis he disagreed with that view, and I could see him just turn cold. It was it was an interesting another opportunity passed up where he could have, you know, built on the fact that you're making a book, and you know, and instead he didn't want to be a part of it, right? Uh, it's not that he had to be part of it. I wanted to do a study with him. And since the blog was like a water cooler, we'd gather comments. Oh, yeah. We would put out a questionnaire to get more data. And so I was interested in using his site or coming on alongside to gather some data that could be interesting mm -hmm. as a social scientist. But it, it's something he wasn't interested in. His image is still in the book. Uh, like I said, I don't. It doesn't bother me, right? Uh, yeah. One way or another, what is or I want to show the spectrum of what it could be and what's you know where the debates are. I, I think that's fun, you know, especially for someone who doesn't have any. Uh, I don't have anything to necessarily gain in that conversation other than trying to better understand it. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I honestly, I love your perspective, Jim. I mean, coming as a, from like an academic professor, like you know, uh, by no means am I, uh, you know, your caliber, but to be honest, I'm, that was what I was really curious about. I mean, you know, I'm not a street artist myself, to be honest, it was the same thing we saw. Oh, there's no website aside from this one <laughs> talking mm -hmm. about LA street art. Right. And I said, wait, lastreetartgallery.com is not taken. I said, let's just take that and just kind of like see what happens with it. You, you know what I mean? So I said, 2011, 10 to 12, that was like a very interesting time in Los Angeles for yeah. street art worthy to be documented, I think. And now there's so many different blogs and in Instagram wasn't even around back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know That's true. I mean? so, no one was even putting their stuff up on Facebook you yeah, know, because they were afraid they didn't want to get busted or anything, right? Exactly. That's right. It was Flickr. That was a very popular sharing site. Yeah, the, the, the uh, Yahoo. Is it Yahoo? No, it's like a Kodak thing or... I don't know that there's, yeah. you know, a photo site, basically. Mm -hmm. I can know. honestly say I've never been on Flickr. <laughs> I know what it is and everything, yeah. but... I-C-K-R. No. I'm, I'm this, yeah. this old artist that grew up in a time where I thought that the internet, when that first came around, that, oh, that's not going to work out to anything. Yeah. It's just silly. Yeah. Surfing the internet? What the hell are you talking yeah, about? Seriously. Computers? <laughs> I'm an artist, man. I don't need a computer. Oh, man. Oh, I, Guess I, what I use and touch every single day, every had, single hour. I had to send these just cryptic emails to get artists to talk to me when I first started, too, because they thought I was the police. <laughs> and you look like the police right? a little and, bit, and too. And then, and then it's like, then I'm meeting someone for the first time because they're like, who are you? What do you want? Um, I said, well, I'm a professor. This is when I'm trying to understand the subculture. I've got a list of questions. I'll send them to you. 
you know, and then there's like, and a then when they pause. see you, dude, you look like a cop. <laughs> well, they you look no, like, well, then they're expecting like an 80 year old man to show up, I think, when they say professor. <laughs> and then you show up and they're like, hmm, kind of checking out the area. Is this a sting operation? Or not just a, you know, not just a cop, you look like a fed. I appreciate that. You look that. like a fed. A I'll fed take is, that as a compliment. Yes, it is. All right, it thank absolutely you. Absolutely is. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird though. I mean, just touching on that subject, I mean, before people were a lot more paranoid, I think, about. Oh, my identity online, you know what I mean? And now we have some artists that, uh, you know, their whole thing is uh, defacing things in a sense, I would say, right? And then putting their quote-unquote logo onto um, different things. Uh, and, uh, you know, not almost fearless in the sense that, you know, I don't worry about getting caught. And if I go to jail, that, that may increase my street cred. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's That's... Especially if they don't have any family or children or anything. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You got nothing to Why lose, not? man. And, yeah. dude, nowadays, oh, my God, talk about current events. They're dropping the bail. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to have a little bit of an effect of the uh, the graffiti. Because, well, you'll get charged, you'll get booked, and then they let you go? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, for... Uh, a graffiti artist or a street... Oh, you know what? Let's let's get into terminology for <laughs> since we got the, <laughs> yeah, we got professor, the professor here. here. I like yeah. to get technical every yeah, yeah, once in a while because... You don't want to talk more about prison? <laughs> <laughs> I don't we'll get back lot. to that. we okay, got time. Right. I know as much from the movies. <laughs> but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's define a few Just because I've had some guys, you know, tell me that, you know, you're, you're the street artist. You know, you do street art. You know, I hate street artists. And, and I've heard... <laughs> Things yeah. said like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so I now, went, oh, you want? I went to Berlin and I saw this piece of this little punk skater dude, right? Saying to, I don't, I'm gonna show you right now. I'll throw, we'll throw it up on the video when it comes out. Um, throw, talking to this uh, big buff-looking military dude, okay? And then he's basically saying uh, in a speech bubble. Street art is for street art is for fags. Let me just show you. Pull it up right here for you. Right? And this is in Berlin. This is in yeah. Ber Berlin right here. This one right here. And out of yeah. cement, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's wow. so interesting because that kind of looks like a graffiti writer. And this is a uh, big badass military dude. And little little short looking backwards skater graffiti writer dude is saying to him, street art is for fags. Yeah. You know? So I'm just saying there is a divide. There's divide. You, you know what I mean? Well, I'm interested. Teacher, why do you think there is? I mean, you would, you're kind of quintessential exactly. street art in many ways. And when we talk about the definition is, well, why do you think street art has that uh, sort of um, not as tough sort of image as something like graffiti? I think it's just the way it sounds, you know, graffiti. It sounds, it sounds tougher. cool. Yeah, it sounds Graph cool. writer. Okay. I'm a graffiti writer. Yeah. I'm a street artist. I'm a street artist. <laughs> I don't care how you say it. Say it with your teeth. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. So, okay. So, technically, uh, graffiti is recognizable messages. Mm hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah, I would go further and just say it's, it's just, it's a text based art form. That utilizes spray paint. It's all yeah. about the letters. Right? It's all about the letters and it writing. It can also be uh, pasters, you know, graphic images that are pasted up, but text oriented. Graffiti is a me you know getting a message or something that's readable. Well, that, okay, I think, I think that Wait. has shifted, right? Yeah. Let, let, me, let me finish yeah. on this. Yeah. This, yeah. this is just one point. Okay? This is so, great because we're going to argue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so um, now if uh, if a graffiti writer goes out there 
and he does these big fancy letters mm-hmm. that look amazing, you know, up on the billboards. That blows my mind. Like when you see Salter and yeah. um, like against the girl is a versus, and these guys do amazing work up on mm-hmm. a billboard. It's crazy. Um, these guys are street artists. Mm-hmm. They're not graffiti writers, technically. Mm-hmm. Because if you make something and it's hard to recognize what that letter is, it becomes abstract. Yeah. Now, is abstract more street art or is it graffiti? And you're asking me now? Are you done with your definition? I'm, I'm asking. <laughs> We're all one mind right now. <laughs> from, I like from it. A, our pers- We're all one mind. Yeah. Uh, professor, te- perspective. Pro- professor teacher. Uh, <laughs> Doctor, teacher, <laughs> the professor, and the yeah. teacher. No, I, and this is why it, it, you can't have really hard definitions because there's so much blurriness between sure. um, artistic terms and concepts. And so I think of it as a Venn diagram, and I, I've broken it down quite a bit over the years. But I think graffiti is tough to understand because, in itself, just writing letters isn't a good enough definition. Uh, it certainly gets to the heart of what it is, right? Writing one's name over and over uh, for attention. And like you said, you bring up a really good point. As you add more elements and principles of design to that writing of one's name, it becomes something different. And so I've called it artistic graffiti writing as a category. Uh, So so going from something like pure writing or pure graffiti uh, to something called artistic graffiti writing or just artistic graffiti. Those are two different people right there. Yeah, they're different types of folks. They come from, it's coming from the same subculture, I believe. Yeah. Just like wild style kind of like moves itself. Well, gang, gang graffiti writing is really pure yes you know it's writing one's name over and over and has a, a really intense usually purpose. recognizable super recognizable it's super simple not necessarily fancy or anything does, no does not anarchism it. play anything into this whole thing because like it seems like you know just the symbol right and it's just the simplicity of it like uh a lot often it attaches itself with graffiti right so <laughs> I'm not so much. I think that's the perspective, perspective though, of the person yeah. coming into it, because a gang writer is doing something very different than someone who wants to practice <laughs> anarchy. Right. In fact, a gang writer maybe they're commemorating folks that have died or stating marking that this territory. is marking a territory and saying that you're coming into our neighborhood, so behave accordingly. Sure, but yeah. isn't but I mean when you're marking a territory with an A through it, isn't it kind of saying like, hey, we're taking this back? You know, taking this I mean, back or trying to disrupt the system that seems to be in control or there's organization sure, and by sure. putting graffiti there where it's not supposed to be with an anarchy symbol sure. uh, is you can't control that right it's yeah, like yeah, a symbol yeah. of dissent in some sort of That's way no it's a great middle it. school yeah. thing to do <laughs> <laughs> you know it doesn't quite yeah, work yeah, but yeah. at the same time it's, it's like writing graffiti on the wall with it, it is but it's it goes back to some of those core <laughs> ideas of graffiti like uh, my voice needs to be heard i'm not sure how to express it sure. this is one way i can get that mark out there and for society my neighborhood my parents sure. or whoever to hear that i've got something to say and it's anarchy so is so I, I, <laughs> in that I, case I right that. in that case that. so is anarchy um artistically above the the drawing of the penis or <laughs> I, in, in, a, in a way it's very similar isn't it i yeah, mean you're, yeah, you're yeah. trying to disrupt you've got sure. different purposes when you're doing something in a bathroom stall or you location know, or yeah Depends it's on location yeah well, it's location you're trying to you're trying to you're, trying to, time. you're trying to impact <laughs> an audience and it, for a good time is like you know would we call that graffiti it, but you're disrupting something yep. and you're trying to get mm-hmm. a laugh out of somebody or you know sure. in in a in a closed context so you have an audience of one interesting, interesting. <laughs> at that <laughs> moment <laughs> 
but most most people want an audience that's bigger than that, and that's why they tend to write those things in public places. Or for the subculture itself, a lot of pure writing is just for other writers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, especially yeah. as it sort of gets more complicated. Yes. But as you're talking about going more abstract, that artistic graffiti, as that's where it gets blurry because my my understanding of street art is once we start to get into um, visual images or um, where the text is somehow supporting the visual image or mm-hmm. the medium changes into like the media of artistic disciplines, we start to get into street art. And that's why I say stencils, wheat paste, light, yarn. Those are the things of art school. And so when we yeah. start talking about art school so materials. People, he said yarn, just so in case you didn't understand what he said. Yarn. He said yarn. Yes, yarn. As in, yes, yarn, yarn that women stitch with. Yes, yes. Guys have been known to take yarn and... And women. Make, and women. I'm sorry. And, and groups of people, to too. Just, yeah. Anonymous just groups. I'm going to knit a cap for that bike over there. No. <laughs> and they actually make... I've seen this. I've and seen this. It's, it's great on chain link fences it because be. it's like an automatic... <laughs> canvas and then they just wrap the yarn around they make letters and amazing pieces that's right i've seen entire cars wrapped in yarn or the 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 bowl in new york city down on uh, wall street or people as performance so it's been interesting so but but that leads to that point of that james mentioned about maybe street art being softer and that image that you talked about, mm. when those materials come from art school, which is this educated, <laughs> softer <laughs> environment, right. it has a, a culture that is not the same as graffiti, which Absolutely. is a street culture. And so a lot of folks, wait, wait, you're using yarn to make your message about <laughs> political dissent? I'm sorry. What? When did you get dropped off from the bus? You know, so that... That you got dropped con- off from the camp down right? the street. That's that <laughs> contributes towards it, and, and yeah. so certainly that that affected a lot of those sort of early artists like uh, Shepard Fairey, who was, who was mixing in this. They're like, well, you're an art school kid that is practicing in this area of graffiti, and I think that helped the definition sort of. Uh, so let, me, let me ask you: a lot of people like to um, kind of take graffiti back to, oh, people have been riding on walls since the day of the cave paintings, right? So by this definition, it seems like actually street art in the modern day sense of painting buffalo on the wall with, you know, paintbrushes possibly. It seems like it's actually more related to street art than it is to graffiti, would you say? Because it's interesting. I mean, maybe graffiti as a term predated the street art term, but the essence of, you know, drawing as a visual image and not as any of the reasons for the graffiti. I mean, it seems like, you know, read from that. Yeah, well, we call that reframing in history. You can reframe a lot of things as street art and graffiti because they're they're modern terms. So if you really want to be technical, street art as a term didn't come about to the late 70s, early 80s. And so when it was when actual term came about, graffiti is much older than that. And certainly people scrawling on walls has been something that's been done forever yeah. right that's a good point that when the terms came out yeah so yeah. so we would say modern graffiti or modern street art as a way to differentiate that but yeah people have been writing on walls forever and so you could and 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 many street art books have done this where they sort of reframe the idea and you that. take it back through history and it's like well no, it's, isn't that what the Egyptians that. were doing exactly. however there was no concept of what art was even the idea of what art is a renaissance term yeah so sculptors and painters and the classical Greek or Roman era, they were craftspeople. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah. a lot like, uh, you, you know, the person who cobbled your shoes, the sculptor was on the same sort of uh, level of them. So we didn't have a word for being an artist. That's something that was uh, born and invented during the Renaissance, as is the concept of what art is. So most of the story of art really has to start with the Renaissance. However, we reframe things all the time. So that being said, I can be pretty nerdy about it. I like that. That's, I love that. That you know, makes I'm, perfect sense. Yeah. Reframing, I mean... Um, like I said, how often do we reframe things? Not, not just art, right? Reframe things for modern people to understand. Like a generational thing. Exactly. Right? We may reframe, sure. I mean, words. Even even just like, you know, we can't oh, use I know this it's word that anymore. We can't use True. that word anymore. You know, oh, I got a question like for you. Yeah. Do you know what the uh, singular uh, term for graffiti is? The singular term for graffiti? Tell me. Is this a joke or no, is this real? this is real. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm excited to learn. What is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. And this is actually one of the reasons I've heard why guys go out in at least pairs, not only to have a guy look out for them, but so that there's not just one tag, there's two tags. Right. Because if you see just one tag by itself, it is not graffiti. It is a graffito. Graffito. Ooh. Is that right? That doesn't sound as cool, does it? It doesn't sound as cool. There you go. Yeah. It sounds Italian, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that Italian it does, stuff isn't yeah. cool, but it sounds graffiti. You know, you know, it sounds, it sounds made up. It does. It does sound a little bit made up. It just may be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that's quite well, you know what? Um, the, uh, when it comes to... Graffiti 2. Graffiti 3. Graffiti 4. Oh, yeah. This could go really far. I like it. All right. Yeah. I, I like that. No, when you use when you use your niner, it's a graffiti nine. It, 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 it. You gotta, well, you got to count everybody up. We're not sure if there was right. ten or eleven. <laughs> well, you know what? In the the culture, I think is is a bit different too. When you come when you have like you know guys that do what's terminized as uh, street art, and then you got the graffiti writers. Like, if you have a um, a disagreement or, or a fight or a beef in the yeah. graffiti world, you know, I've heard of that ending in, you know, knives and yeah, guns sure. and, um, you know, a lot of violence. Whereas sure. um, with street artists or graffiti artists, um, there's still beefs. Yeah. But um, I don't think we're quite as violent. Well, Maybe you don't more have, violent with the words, but... Yeah. You don't have crews, though, in street art, where graffiti, yeah. you have these crews and this brotherhood that's part of it. And it, it is a... I mean, we talked to folks... And a lot crews. of times they get jumped in, which they is kind of gnarly. They do. I it's, know that Sabre got jumped in to a... Um, was it... Was the MSK or the AWR that, that broke his shoulders? I don't know for sure. I mean, that's well, no. that is, is sometimes I feel so far removed from graffiti. So maybe in the MTA. Yeah. I don't know, but it's uh, you hear the stories of the guys who are part of graffiti, and you have a lot of respect for them because it is a tough mental thing to go through. It's just interesting culture altogether, and of the ones that have kind of come out of that and become superstars on their own, but are still right. connected. It's it's fascinating to see how they maneuver that dance between the subculture of graffiti and that of the contemporary art world, which has embraced them, yeah. uh, I find fascinating. But street artists are often solo, right? You know, it's... Yeah, it's absolutely. Um, it makes it harder. Speaking of, of beefs and, and street artists in the in the Niner here. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what... There was... Uh, see that Niner? Do you know anything about that? No, this is, about this right here is the Niner. Niner. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, yes, that's, that's right. Yeah, I know about that. <laughs> yes, so... There was there was a problem caused by this particular um, item here that I invented. Mm -hmm. um, I made this back in 
I guess it was the end of 2012. <clears throat> Does everyone know what you're talking about when you say Niner? Well, it's it's basically a contraption made out of wood, and there's actually cardboard on there too, um, and it sprays nine spray cans at one time. Yeah. With a trigger, so you can start and stop it. The right. trigger is completely torn off of it, though. It's, <laughs> demolished by uh, the uh, person that I lent it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what happened was um, I, I lent it out to um, Thrashbird. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time he was going out to the desert. And I told him, I was like, you know, don't worry about if you happen to break it, um, you know, because I can fix it. Um, just, you know, just get it back to me. And you know, I figured I would get it back, you know, within maybe six months, eight months or so, something like that. But um, we had a little falling out. Mm-hmm. And um, the falling out was actually started because of a manager situation. Um, I uh, had met a guy that was going to be managing me. And um, so I always wanted to try to do what I could to help out Thrashbird. And so I asked if the guy was interested, and he's like, yeah, sure, I'll meet him. So I, I asked Thrashbird if he would be interested, and he's like, yeah, sure. So they met. They actually got along really well at first, but then they kind of had a falling out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy had some prints made, uh, one of Thrashbird's first real silkscreen prints. It was mm-hmm. a Norman Rockwell thing that he had done. And so um, the fallout had happened. And they decided they weren't going to work together anymore. And so Thrashbird wanted his prints. And um, Daniel, um, a little bit loud sometimes, you know, somewhat of a scary individual. Yeah, the manager. Um, Yeah, the manager. Um, But uh, nonetheless, he's done some amazing things. Um, And so what happened was um, one evening, Thrashbird would not um, meet with with, the, with my manager, and uh, he was afraid he was going to jump him or beat him up or something like that, which he would never do, would never have done. Um, but so Thrashbird had a couple of ladies come down and meet him outside the place that they were staying at the time. I, I always send my ladies to... Take care of your to, business. No, I'm just, I'm yeah. I, love, I love that that's even a thing. That's great. So already, I'm enjoying this story because I don't I don't know this story. So this is uh, I'm gonna try to make this this is this is the first I've heard of it. So um, you know I'm I'm it also I just done a a video shoot where I'm doing like a a, a stencil um, demonstration and I hadn't eaten all day and so my manager combines goes hey I need you to come with me you know just so we have witnesses in case you know things get stupid or whatever and I should have eaten okay. I was a little bit hangry, hangry, whatever. But what happened was the girls come down, you know, and my manager had the print there. And so they, you know, they start talking about it. And unfortunately, this is no one's fault. One of the girls' voices is just like this. I'm not trying to be hateful. I'm not anything. It's just, it's, you know, that's what her voice was like. Yeah. And it seemed like, we were, things would, would be working out one minute and then all of a sudden either I think it started honestly with one of the girls said something like well you know you should have and, and would say something being disrespectful protect, being pre- protective but yes. disrespectful at the same time and okay. so Deanne, Daniel being a little bit of a hothead would respond you know and 
And so it kind of... It escalated. Escalated to yeah. where everyone was yelling. Yeah. And I'm oh sitting there about to just pass out because I'm so hungry. And so I finally said, all right, everybody, shut up. All right? You know, we're going to... Someone's going to call the cops. We're going to get, you know, noise violation out of here. Game them. Give them the premise. Let's go. And so that was it. That I mean, it. they owed him like $250 or more. Yeah. He didn't get any money. Yeah. And so Thrasburg turned that into, I stood by while my manager harassed a couple of women. Yeah. Well. And started I, spreading that rumor. Yeah. Okay. Now, then he told me, look, dude, I can't work with that manager anymore. And that dude is crazy. He's, you need to get away from him, too. As a matter of fact, as long as you are working with him, I can't work with you. Right. Which I didn't have any problems with that guy before Thrashbird, and I didn't really have any problems with him after that. Sure. So why would I want to, you know, get rid of this guy? So then, you know, next thing I know, I see this show that Lizzie and Thrashbird are curating in New York. Sure. And it's everyone except me. And I'm like, okay, look. I can understand if you're upset for a little while, but if this is going to last forever, then just delete me as a friend, okay? Because this is ridiculous. The, poli right? the politics of, of the art world. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, cut uh, to, by the way, I'd like to get my Niner back as well, dude. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, yeah, okay. Another year passes. Okay, two years. It's been two years. Dude still hasn't returned the thing. So... James and I are working on some things, and I would like to get the Niner working again to help with something we're working on. So I made an effort to try to get back from him. Reached out to everybody I know that knows him. And then he was supposed to be bringing it back. Yeah, back in town around July 1st. July 2nd or so, he gets back in town. And all he had to do was drop it off at a friend of ours' place. That's all. Three weeks later... Like, I'd already been in touch with our computer illustrator. He's putting off days to take off to work with me on this thing. And I'm like, I, he didn't show up. I, don't, I still don't have it. He's like, well, okay, then let me know when you, when you get this thing. You know, so, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay. And Teach, you invented that thing, right? I mean, nobody else has that tool. I mean, No, Revoke made a, uh, Revoke something similar to yeah. it, but it's a different triggering mechanism. Yeah, and sure. when I first saw his, his had like seven cans in it, but I think he made it to where he can put 12 cans mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah. Um, Which was, um, there was a lawsuit about that too, that image being used by another company. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that's oh. a fun... I, that's what I thought you were going to refer to when you first started this story. Well, hold on. I'm like, we, oh, hold on. We, no. we got a... I mean, we're having something better. Okay. I'll okay. keep going yeah, because this we... is... As, as a professor and sort of interested in psychology and emotional intelligence, this. I have all kinds of comments along the way. Yeah, we've been... <laughs> you know, we, we, all right, we, I'm going to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. wrap it up. All right, go so for it. So basically, yeah. um, he uh, stopped responding altogether. Yeah. Emails and everything. Okay. And at that point, I knew there was only one way to reach him. And so I did a post and I put up the... A picture, an old picture I had of the Niner. And I said, hey, friends of Thrashburg, maybe you can help. I've been trying to two get this thing later. back for two years. And if he doesn't get this thing back to me by Friday, I'm going to press charges. So if you enjoy his artwork, you want to keep seeing it, you know, there's a chance it may not be happening if I press charges. Now, I would never 
press charges. Yeah. Okay. I just knew I had to say something and do something that we had people that react and get this thing from them. Yeah. Within six hours, um, I had my friend Kiosk got in touch with me. He's like, dude, let me take care of this, man. I'll talk to him. Talk to him. He's like, I'll go get it tonight. I'm like, I'll take And he goes, well, you got to promise you'll take the post down. People are going crazy over the post, right? So you got people from the East Coast, like <laughs> yeah, Florida, New York. Everyone's like, "What's going on?" Yeah, you know, even across the world and in, in other countries are going, "What is this crap?" Right? Well, of course, yeah. Anytime there's a so as soon high. as I saw uh, Kiosk had sent me a picture of the he had the Niner. Yeah, took the post. It was down within eleven or twelve hours. So then he went on and started putting comments, accusing me of the harassment and everything. Mm-hmm. So I did one more post. I put up a thing where he had crossed through a thing that Trusty Scribe had done about everyone has baggage, you know, Kate Spade did when Ooh, she had passed away. And wrote stupid and then wrote thrashed under it. And so I put it up there, you know, gee, I wonder who would have done such a horrible thing. Oh, he signed it. <laughs> he signed it. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm doing this because he accused me, that. you know, yeah. so I had to give my story because I had friends of mine who I haven't seen for a while who were like, yeah. dude, what? You know, I haven't seen Keith for a while. You know, maybe he's changed, maybe something or whatever, you know. Yeah. Then I heard he's telling people to unfollow me or he was going to block them. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't tell you this, James. Recently, I did an interview for this guy that came here from New York. And as in the interview, you know, I come to find out he had interviewed Thrashbird as well. Okay. He said, I finally tracked him down. He said, when I finally did, was able to interview him. It was basically a call and he said, we have to, you have to come do it right now or it can't. And this is after like three or four times of not meeting up. Mm-hmm. And he just basically said he wanted to hear my side of the story. I okay. told him basically what I told you guys. And he was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Okay. He goes, Thrasper's all over the place. He's this, that, and the other. And I've, I've heard that, um, you know, he's not sober anymore. He was, uh, you know, struggling with substance abuse. Um, so... You know, I wish the guy the best because mm-hmm. he does some interesting things. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, he does a really nice billboard. He puts tries to put a good message out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's a, I'm not the only one who has a problem with him either. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I wish I could say that, um, you know, uh, I tell you what, I'm going to give him a fair chance here. He called and left me a message after I put the post up. Yeah. I haven't even listened to it yet. Okay. I'm a little nervous about it right now, okay? But you know what? This is a fair chance here, all right? You sure you want to do this, dude? Why not? You can edit it out anyway later, right? Oh, Lord. Seriously. Why not? Right? I feel like I'm on Ryan Seacrest's show right now. (laughs) Okay. Teachers roses. Yeah, this is what it feels like. We're going to call Thrashbird out and see who he sends roses to. (laughs) Well, okay, here we go. We're as witnesses. Here we go. We're trying to be... Uh, we're going to put this on speaker. Because I don't know any, what's going on with this mess. Hey, Keith. Sorry, Paul. Pretty stupid, dude. That was a pretty stupid thing to do. Um, all it does is make you look fucking childish and dramatic. And uh, cool. I'll lose 100 followers and I'll get some comments about giving your niner back. Um you're you're a fucking idiot, dude. That's all I gotta say. Like, there's zero chance of us ever being friends again at all. If that's what you were trying to go for before, like, I just can't even believe you'd be so fucking stupid. Uh, anyways, uh, give me a call back. 
and uh, yeah, um, I remember when you gave me that niner, as I remember it now, I got very clearly, you said, here's the hunting forever, it's yours, so I think I'll keep it, give me a call, oh yeah, and by the way, um, if you don't take down that post, then... I'm going to blow your whole fucking brand out of the water because you're a fraud and you're a misogynistic piece of shit and I got the fucking physical photo proof to prove it and the stories to prove it. So, do with the post what you will, but if it doesn't come down, then, and you issue a public apology and if the issue is misconstrued, I'm going to take your whole fucking brand down, dude. All right, later. That's good. good so he's message. more concerned about my brand? Yeah. All right, that bothers me as your friend, man. So, and you know, this you're, is this you're is someone who I let bro, stay at my house. I fed. He did help me put together my solo show, which is yeah. the one thing that he did help me with. But to be honest with you, as I've told only very few people, his idea of helping me out with the solo show was he basically took over, and we came and rearranged my my garage to where I couldn't find shit until I moved out. And it turned into a nightmare for me, the whole thing. I know he is, I know he meant well and everything, so that's why I've never said anything about it. But that was the one time, and he did help me put up a, uh, a piece one time before that. But if you look at all the times, things that I've tried to do for him, you know, I got to give up at some point. And trying to ever be friends with him again, I, don't, I, don't, I have no desire to be friends with him. I have respect for him. I always will. Dude hustles. Put some stuff up. But... I don't want that guy around me or my family or my friends. Yeah, narratives are tough, you know? It's questions. You had questions. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't have questions. No, that's, that's, We're interviewing it's, you. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's a fascinating story because I, I know Thrashbird. I've been on panels with him. I've been on two panels with him. As a, you know, I've, I haven't known him as long as I've known you. He came on the scene a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you tell the story, when he sent a few of friends to meet with you and then they go back and they tell their side of the story or their narrative. That's when things just go just polar opposite directions, right? Because sure. he's going to believe his friends and the of emotion course. of three people or whoever it is. And it's so hard when you deal with conflict like that to have any sort of objectivity and to put emotion aside, which by the way, putting emotion aside is a very important characteristic when viewing art which oh, you know and, and being able to say why does it make me feel that way but anyway that seems to be like a that seems to be a very key moment in that and after that sort of divide and those narratives and those emotions play it just gets worse and worse doesn't it yeah absolutely. and i can i can see like you it hurts you 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 still have feelings like you appreciated that friendship at a certain point and you still respect Not him really. as an artist. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate it. It's it, 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 a massive it, it just, project. Uh, I mean, crazy. The way you describe that story. Once I got story, to know him, I had no desire to hang out with him. Yeah, but the way you describe that story, I mean, that was pretty in-depth. I mean, that's, those are powerful things to, no matter what, any sort of experiences with people. Right, right. Because you just, the amount of time, let's just say the amount of time you've spent with Thrashbird, uh, that's baggage and that's... That's emotions and that's history that that's just with us, right? And so that that stays with us. So it it, it becomes difficult to separate all those things. Um, but yeah, I can see you can you can 
I can see it just getting worse as it goes. And, and sometimes there's seasons in those sort of relationships and they just got to end. And uh, you got to figure out a way to. Well, like I said, once I really got to know him, I, there was no enjoyment in his company. Yeah. At all. If you can find one person that actually enjoys his company for longer than a few minutes, I'd really like to meet them. Yeah. I've only met I don't, him once, man. And, you know, I, I'm a very, you know, I'm a very peaceful guy, actually, you know. I'm a stoner, so like, <laughs> okay, just to put it out there. Yeah, but what did he say to you? What happened? You know, I actually, teacher was like, hey, I want to bring you on my solo show, man, because I was like... My this, first solo show. Yes, I was, you know, I'm a DJ at DJ events and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, I was like, hey, you know, if you want us to put some music to it, like, we can just do it. And, you know, we brought in uh, the other LSR Gallery founder, Dooms Mitchell, uh, with the guitar player, we had like an was awesome, awesome dude. Uh, backdrop to his whole. Brought uh, a projector, projecting up on the side of the cool. building. Yeah. I mean, and then brought uh, some ladies as well. Oh yeah, all the girls to, that were for, uh, with flashlights show. because it was kind of dark in part of the school where I was having the show. Yeah, this is so different from my world as an academic. Oh wait, <laughs> so let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yes, and I brought pizza too. Yes. Uh, Right, I brought pizza for everyone. You brought pizza. I brought uh, pizza. On top that's, of everything else. I mean, generally, that's a good move in general. Yeah. Bring pizza. Bring pizza, right? You, you All know, by it's, itself. It's a that's good an awesome thing. And, it's a good uh, common ground. You know, like I said, for LA Star Gallery, you know, we're just casual observers that love it. You know, you mm-hmm. know, and we're not trying to put our, like, label on or anything. We just, you know, we've always worked with Teach because it's been, great, been a great working relationship. And then somebody, like I said, I don't, I've never met the dude, but somebody who looks like the, uh, you know, do it in a hoodie. <laughs> Thrashbird. What did Thrashbird say to you? He was just like, oh, look at this guy. He's put, he bought, thinks he's going to buy a few pizzas and slap his uh, label all over the uh, the art show. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I was just like, you know Like what, I was dude? saying, you kind of made the <laughs> made a bit of a nightmare when he was yeah. helping. No, I was yeah. just like, you know, I can bring pizza and be a bad guy. That was like my my initial thought, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? And but But let's bring it back to the topic, man. I really just thought... You know, it's really interesting because for me, I th- saw him more as a graffiti artist at that very moment, man. Because it's almost like tearing down the institutions mm. when you, um, when you like, his art is very much attacking like whatever is an institution or something yeah, like that. He's an antagonist, and, and, then, and, that's, and then, that's why he's such a good graffiti yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah, and you know exactly. And I think you know we need antagonists in this world. We need people like that to kind of, like I said, if everybody's a good guy, then the good guys start. The, like bad guys actually right <laughs> you know what i mean so 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 you, you know it, it's kind of interesting because i actually think like he's done some dope stuff in the desert um yeah you, absolutely you know, yeah and um you know it's almost like uh um you know i i work with cali smooth it's almost like battle rap the style mm-hmm. <laughs> that he does you, you know i mean like yeah. he, this guy wants to get in a battle uh with uh, the teach, with teach sometimes. Well, one of the reasons why it's hard to enjoy his company is because most of the time he's complaining about other people. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I don't enjoy the company. The fact that he has something against teach. He's my friend, and if you're my friend's enemy, you're my enemy, man. So that's that's the only thing I have against... uh, uh, You know, I have no personal beef against him. Yeah, Yeah, it is his, his... The first assessment that his work is more graffiti than street art probably true i'd be it's again those blurry lines yeah Mm -hmm. uh because he is mainly text although he does use imagery and there's nothing to say that someone can't move back and forth just like you can't move from sculpture to painting you know in terms of the way you think about your art form and it's incredibly expressive volatile 
you know, the work looks like it's exploding. Like someone just was pissed when they did it, mm-hmm. which is part of the power. Why it feels like, oh, you need to pay attention to exactly. this, right? Right. So, and I remember saying that to him on a panel, and he really appreciated that, yeah, right? Absolutely. And even the, um, and so it's interesting, sort of like to live your work, you know, and if that applies to sort of his personality and even the way relationships, it's somewhat volatile and very expressive. You know, there, you know. Maybe there's some truth to that in terms of how transparent that is from personality to actual artwork. There's certainly artists that have lived that way. Absolutely. Uh, some to great impact, some to tragic ends. Uh, so, and, and while we can't always say Jackson Pollock was out of control as an abstract expressionist, his work was out of control. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's a gross simplification of Jackson Pollock. That's a good one, though. But there's parts of his life that were like that. I mean, Absolutely. he died in, you know, driving drunk. Yeah. Uh, and his work was, it took radical sort of leaps and bounds and chances that maybe someone in a different frame of mind they wouldn't, do. wouldn't do. And I remember talking with uh, Earl, or all the girls of Earl, or he calls himself Bubba. I love Earl. <laughs> and he, we would have like a maybe a bi-weekly chat every once in a while. We'd get coffee when we lived in the same city. And he'd say, Jim, you got to... Because I would go forward. I'd process some of the interviews that I was doing and as I was working on one of the books. And he would always remind me, he goes, Jim, you're thinking... You're putting yourself in their shoes. You can't do that. Yeah. To, to do this type of work, you got to have something a little off. You know, because you, you, we're taking chances, we're doing risks that you would never do. And it's true. I would never do this. I am not a street artist. I'm not going to pretend. And I'm not going to go out and do the things you do, teacher, or that Thrashbirds does. Uh, James and I are here watching, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I'm fascinated by it. But uh, Thrashbird seems to personify a lot of those things that, to great effect, like you said, um, I was just looking at his Instagram the other day. It's like he's doing some... Giant billboard takeovers. Mm-hmm. You think? Well, he's working within decline now. What? It's like you know, so. It's not. They're not super rational things, but well, it takes like you're impact. absolutely right. Yeah. It takes someone like that in order to get that kind of, of work and material out there. And that's why yeah. I say I have respect for him. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad he's out there. Yeah. But I just you know wish that he didn't feel like he needed to be such a judge and voice his opinion to other artists. Oh, totally. You know I mean? It's like, take that energy and put it towards... Doesn't that you know, go back, though? I mean... Oh, yeah, geez, I know. It's like trying many, to say... How many graffiti artists... Be a snake, artists but don't bite me. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. How many yeah. graffiti artists and streeters? You know, it's, it's like the design world, too. I've never met another designer that says, you know what designer I love? X, Y, or Z. No, they hate every other designer <laughs> because they are the only ones doing design work that matters. And the more passionate I feel like designers or artists are, the higher they get... It never ceases to amaze me. I always go, you know what? You're right. Every other designer stinks, but you and Saul Bass, yeah. you know, and, and that's. I love Saul. It's, it's, I know. It's, it's so, so it's so funny. It's, it's, it's interesting when you work with folks like that. It's the passions run crazy. It's you know, real. As far as they're concerned, it's real. It's super I'm, real. I'm wondering, like, is you know, because in music, honestly, even though it's, to be honest, I'm a, I'm a musician. It seems like there is some of that, like I said, in the battle rap world and like uh, different types of like hip hop realms, you know what I mean? But I mean, um, a lot of times, a lot of musicians, I mean, it's kind of like if I respect what you're doing and you respect what I'm doing, then let's collab. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to jam together. So maybe I'm just wondering, maybe it's because it's like visual art is such like a you're taking what's inside your mind and putting it out into the world. You're, I mean, uh, in a visual sense, you know what I mean? That it's more 
te- I don't want to say tedious because music is too. I don't know what do you guys think about that. No, it is. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that. But you're tedious. Okay, so your work is much more tedious in that you have to think of the concept, then you go out and you build the stencil. I mean, it takes time to do that. So you have an idea and you've got to stick with it for a while. Right. The type of work Thrashbird does, he can have an emotional sort of reaction to something and go do it within an hour. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So the sort of the the relationship between like where that initial cause or what provokes it is different for different artists and the types of uh, expression sure. they have. So let's say like an academic realist artist, you know, is going to spend a few months doing a painting. Yeah. Well, their emotion and their state of being is going to go up and down and it's, it's going to be much more stable. Right, right. Uh, but so much street art can be done fast and it can be topical and it could be out there the next day and that's kind of what's really fun about it. Yeah. And that's I why agree. there's so much bad street art right <laughs> and there's like I, like 95 percent of it is horrible like yeah. it's awful yeah. so i mean and that and that goes with it but that's what's kind of fun about it as well yeah. that it just yeah. gets out there. there's a lot of that raw expression exactly there's there's no uh there's no institutions uh controlling like an oligarchy of saying yeah. like oh you could be in my gallery it's like hey it's a free-for-all and you gotta suffer the consequences <laughs> if you cap somebody Dave Hickey can. calls it the democracy of the street Dave Ooh, Hickey like art that. critic um, yeah. was at UNLV uh, and, and this, this plays out here too right so like it, basically what he's saying and this relates to that book Stay Up one of the reasons I like the term Stay Up is that the best work does stay up longer. Um, it mm-hmm. also references things that are higher stay up longer, but or that things that one, are more solid too. or one yeah. solid. And one could argue that well, that's part of what contributes towards it being more powerful work. Uh, but also that could be with careers too. Uh, mm-hmm. And you think about the better artists stay up or they stay active yeah. longer because the work is meaningful. It's sticking with an audience. It's having a reaction. So I, I love that idea of the democracy of the street, that the good work will win out in the end. Yeah, I, lo- I love that too. How it's many like- books have you done um, now on, on street artists? or? I have uh, let's, five. Let's say five. What are they now? Let's say, so was, stay uh, up? Let's say Stay Up Street Art was, uh, Stay Up Los Angeles Street Art was the first one. Then I did Shepherd Ferry Incorporated. Okay. Uh, we did, I did a bio on Kenny Scharf, which is more, it's more art history. It's a biography. I mean, it's it's art history, but he. That dude is all over the place. He is, he is someone we would call street art or, or muralism. We can even go another category further. Uh, working uh, with Robbie Canal, just finished a bio on his work. It'll have every poster in Robbie Canal's history oh, of his wow. career. Oh, that's it's awesome. a Love gorgeous Robbie. book, man. It's coming out next summer, and I couldn't be more proud of that one. And then I've done a few like uh, museum type catalogs. I did a book with David Flores um, a few years ago. Love, love his work. Uh, and yeah, so those are those are the the books. Oh, and Urban Campus came out this last year, which was street art around the yeah, world. So that's like five of them, right? So that's five right there. Well, let me let me yeah. ask you so one nice. thing. I remember uh, and speaking to you last time, previously many years back, Jim, is that uh, you know I asked you just introductory beginner question like hey who's your favorite street artist and you had mentioned keith herring actually at that time has that oh, did changed I? i'm just saying you know because like i i mm. to be honest i actually um like have I said, you I reframed herring <laughs> yeah you have to well yeah i'm just curious but so I, you're I, asking I, if it's changed yeah, or yeah, if it's changed or you know because yeah. i love keith herring and I, it's kind of like like i said it's just uh the story behind it is so great too his art and i you know especially so new york i think a lot of it you know so i'm just curious now in this past five years you know has uh, with you know your what's happened and whatnot into the subject yeah yeah it's funny I don't remember seeing Keith Haring although it wouldn't have surprised me because I uh, I read his bio 
uh, when I was in high school. Sure. And so that was pretty influential on okay. me. And it wasn't because he was doing street art. It was sure. because I admired his tenacity yeah. as an artist and his mm -hmm. willingness to just make opportunities for himself. Okay. And that's something I really believe just in my career sure. and as sort of like an independent person and doing um, sure. books on my own uh, outside university stuff. And so I admired that story and it yeah. made me really love the arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's nothing to do with street art, just about him as an individual. Okay. Uh, since then, you know, I've, I've fallen in love with a lot of different artworks. I don't know if I've fallen in love or have a favorite artist. Okay. okay. I don't know if I hold anyone up on that type of pedestal. Whoever I'm, I get so invested in the person's life that I'm working on sure. or the subject that I bury myself in. And I, you know, it feels like that's all I'm thinking about. And then when it's over, it's over. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. nice walking away from it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the past year and a half, it's been nothing but Robbie Canal. And now okay. that it's sort of coming to the end, you know, it's what's next, so to speak. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know if I could I could point to someone, okay. but there's so that's many. That's a good answer. My favorite that's, that's art, I can tell you my great. favorite artist, though, is Roy Lichtenstein. Okay. Uh, to oh, me, yeah. Roy Lichtenstein was that artist that I studied in modern art history as an undergrad that just opened up modern art for me, you know, as a connection to reading comics or just like the something there that blurred low and high art in a way that was so fun and interesting. And so sure. he opened up a lot of those avenues for me too in a, in a very similar way that Keith would have. Definitely. So, and now, let me ask you, so, you know, it's been so many years and we, we were talking about um, how 2011, 12 time, like, you know, there was an explosion of kind of like culture for street art in Los Angeles. I mean, is Los Angeles still a hub now? Or like, you know, there is, it's the movement has kind of matured a little bit more, I would say, right? So, I mean, rules have been established in a sense, right? You know, some yeah. sort of vague rules, you know? Yeah. And I just kind of, uh, I love that, but I'm just curious, you know, um, is Los Angeles still one of the major hubs? That, I think any urban city tends to be in a, a hub because you have a big airport, lots sure. of walls. Los Angeles is one of the most important cities, I think, yeah. in the world because of the weather. Mm -hmm. I think it's a big part of it. <laughs> a lot of artists do work here. Mm -hmm. uh, they come through here. There's a lot of corporations that pay for murals here, yeah. which is a big deal. Uh, so, yeah, it is. But as you know, it's a, it's a global world. I mean, postmodernism sort of opened up the door that you don't have to be in a major metropolitan area to be a successful artist. Uh, the digital revolution has made everyone a little bit closer. Yeah. And so the gallery there's folks uh, painting in a small village in Africa that gets social media play that we all see, yeah, you know, yeah, that, and that, true. you know, it doesn't have to be on a, a very busy freeway to get that sort of exposure. New York, you know, is uh, is a big area. Yeah. Miami's a big area, but yeah. mm -hmm. they're not the only. So uh, I would say, yes, L.A. is a major hub. You'll see that referenced by more folks than just us in this room because we live in this area. Uh, but it's exciting to see this be really a global phenomenon. And muralism, uh, whether that's seen as a positive or negative <sighs> depends term. Depends on who you are. Depends on who you are and what perspective. And really, it's not street art at that point. I mean, it's just professional painting. Yeah, murals. Uh, that it has become this worldwide thing that corporations are taking advantage of, yeah. cities and urban planners are taking advantage of, as well as just communities. They just sure. really like to have their identity represented in some way so yeah so the answer is yes and no how's that that's like a <laughs> classical <laughs> academic answer i love so it don't i won't can't stick me to anything <laughs> i love it i love should it. run for politics uh, it's like, did i do or i feel like i it's it's very easy to skate between all these things yeah you know i've been doing I, this a long time you know <laughs> exactly exactly i mean like i said 
just speaking of street artists doing murals, I mean, Teach here is going to do this big-ass mural here in City of Industry, man. I mean, it's going to be one of the biggest uh, murals Teach has ever done, actually, you know what I mean? And, uh, and it's a portrait of me, right? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. That's the, the official just announcement, like the which I'm super honored. I'm super yeah, honored. Thank you. With the halo behind him, you know what I mean? Yeah, like a Drew Merritt style. style. Yeah, yeah. Drew Merritt okay, style, yeah. you know? I really like the way this is going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, like I said, so, you know, graffiti artists, they can become, you know, street artists, they can be muralists. To us at LA Street Gallery, it's all the same, man. If it's from that public realm, I mean, people have different definitions. And I think one of the things I love about Professor Jim is he helped us clarify that. And, um, you know, in 2011, we were all figuring out the rules and what mm -hmm. is considered. It's all the documentation, art. too, is yeah, always yeah, appreciated, so, done I mean, so well, you know what I mean? You know, um, Last, it's, we're pretty much wrapping up here at an hour, actually. That flew by real quick. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, the story took like 55 minutes. I know. <laughs> I was telling it in real time. <laughs> I was telling it in real time. <laughs> you looked like you were enjoying it. Well, it's, I, I don't get that much drama in my day-to-day -day work, so it's really fun to hear. <laughs> I, don't either. I don't either, usually. You know? Well, the good so. thing is, like, you know, obviously, I think that we're due for another episode, right? You, you know what I mean? You're absolutely. Well, someone like Jim, yeah. If, yeah, if like we're going to have me here as a, as a street artist and everything. Man. And, and, <laughs> like I said, you know, we're going to be doing lots of events here at this uh, new LA Street Gallery space and City of Industry, man. And, you know, we love to just work with you a little bit more um, on these kind of items, too, because, uh, you know, this podcast isn't even launched yet, but, you know, we're getting so much good feedback and, yeah. uh, you know, we'd love to include you, man. I always, I always love to be included in things. I mean, my my desire as an academic and as a critic is really to get people to look at visual images uh, in a much more engaged and a deeper way. Sure. And so I feel like conversation like this always helps. Uh, and even, even things that are so emotionally heavy or as technically oriented as the things we talked about today, yeah. I think help make sense of the visual world we live in. And we're only going to have better art appreciators and collectors at the end of the day. So that's that's the goal. I love that, man. I think that's a good place to end it, actually. So I love it, man. Yeah, you know, check out uh, Professor Jim. You want to shoot through our Instagram or something like that? Uh, sure, sure. Um, well, my my website is just artist-teacher.com. So it's the name of my first book, artistteacher.com. Uh, but yeah, I'm easy to find. I'm just at Jim Dacient uh, on Instagram. We'll throw out something on LA Street Gallery. So, uh, Oh my god, yeah, because I, I still misspell it every time I spell it. I appreciate that. It makes me sound smart. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I know. Right, thank you guys very much. Love you guys. Take care. Bye. And